Praise the Lord, niggas. Praise him. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Um, welcome to Getting Grown with Jaden Kia, a podcast by four and a black blah, blah, and about <laughs> black women and men who are figuring it out uh, all through the triumphs, trials, twists, and turns of adulting in the Just world Just like today. our intro. <laughs> right? I can't even speak. But I'm happy to be here. We back for episode 30 and everything like that right there. 30. Um, How you so doing? What's up, sis? Man, just getting through these technical difficulties per usual. <laughs> you know, me and Kia be over here troubleshooting and I be troubleshooting blindly. So, um, yeah, that's 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 pretty much what what my life is right now. How are you? I'm here. Yes. I'm doing Okay. Um, what's going on? Like, what happened this weekend? Anything? What did I do this weekend? Oh, it was Antoinette's birthday. She turned 30, just like this episode. Happy birthday, Antoinette. <laughs> um, so we went out to Ode to Babel. If you are anywhere in the New York City area or in Brooklyn, Ode to Babel is my spot. Like, I love it. It's, um, it's a small bar lounge. They always have dope DJs, amazing bartenders. Shout out to Maya. And um, and they just really accommodated us for her birthday. So she had a grand time to the point where she's able to send videos today and say, why did you all let me do this? Uh, so that was a good time. Um, we were up like we thought we were young and um, we got in the house at like 630 and had to take Noah to dance at 1030. Yeah. So <laughs> but that's what comes with adulting. You must uh, you must do what you have to do. Um, what about your weekend? You were out, weren't you in the ATL, Shouty? I was in Atlanta. It wasn't it was an uneventful time. Um I was just there working, no but clubs. I had a a really good uh meeting. What did you say? No strip clubs. I had a really good meeting <laughs> and um an awesome productive time at uh I was at a residency for um faculty um that are aspiring uh, academic leaders on their campuses. These faculty were from HBCUs specifically. So we got some good, um, we had some great speakers and did some great uh, trouble, um, not troubleshooting. You made me think of that word, um, <laughs> like brainstorming and workshopping and working together on developing projects um, for broadening participation on their campuses. So that was awesome. Um, and I got a chance to hang out with Ronaldo. Hey, brother, brother. Hey, boo. Prince, the one. Um, I got to hang out with him a couple of times and was supposed to meet up with Shariel, but she got a migraine and couldn't make it. So I hope you're feeling better, sis. Um, and it was really an in and out trip. Sorry to everyone else in Atlanta that I did not get to see, but hopefully I'll be back in the area soon and we can kick in and uh, catch up. Um, That's so funny. And I'll be in Atlanta next weekend. I also will not be able to go to the shake joint because I will be having a productive time with the For the Culture Catering pop-up. Uh, shout out to everybody who's bought tickets. You guys are still buying tickets. Um, we're getting we're getting sales every single day and ticket sales close tomorrow, Wednesday. So, um, yeah, make sure that you try to slide in real quick before before it's done. It's going to be a really, really good time. 
But that sounds that dope, sis. I'm uh I'm I'm happy that you you're like out here really like businessing. I'm just you know, you're just out here professionally. I have to take care of myself, so I have to work all I'm the time every day. 47 jobs. Not complaining because being booked is a blessing. Amen. Um what was I saying? Uh so what um before we get into the show, are there any um you want to take out the trash and talk about what's going on in the world <laughs> yes. today? Yeah, there's a few, a few, uh, there's a couple things that need to be taken out. Sunny Anderson and her wigs being number one right now. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you have this because <laughs> I mean I'm just unfamiliar because I've really been um, in the bowels of uh, <laughs> work these last few days. So I'm yes. just like you. You were catching me up a little bit when we were preparing for the show, but I'm <laughs> I have to do my googles and and catch up. But I'm gonna let you go ahead because I, from what I understand and from what I've seen on the Twitter, people are waiting with bated breath. For the for you to get Sunny Anderson together, so please, oh, are the, floor, they, well, the floor is yours. I don't. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't have like amazing crystal like reads. However, <laughs> I will say that before we even talk about Sunny Anderson and her very problematic way of thinking, her wigs are trash. Those are the first thing that needs to go out. They are the most. They are the worst thing. On top of the fact that her food is not appealing, she cooks like a white woman with two 11 year olds in New Jersey. Oh. She her wigs. Twins, <laughs> and they are not roomy in the sir. Oh my god! Sunny so, Anderson's wigs are the worst, god awful. Sis, I want you to. I mean, I can't even think of her wigs because I'm always so. I'm always. I'm always distracted by her makeup because she's always good for old fashion glitter. Fair. Like, oh, not even fashion fair, but she just gets very childish, mm. very childish, like. <laughs> I'm 22 years old and I have a gift gift certificate at Mac and I bought up all these eyeshadows that I will wear one time. But like she like, you know, Okay, well, while she's over there wearing Unigorn Glow, like you, and then you can't get over the fact of her face. Look at her head the next time, because she's ninety three on the head with these terrible wigs. I'm always distracted by her makeup. I'm always distracted by her makeup, but I will, I will pay attention to her, her wigs. God, her and she's are- always so terribly loud. I remember her on uh, Beat Bobby Flay, and I was just like, she was giving like Jennifer Hudson level of ampl- amplification. <laughs> I was like, why is Sunny hollering like this? Like she is legit screaming. She's like, the most, oh, she's that irritating ass coworker. Like her food is not. It doesn't even look. I don't good. even feel like I've ever seen Sunny's show, so I don't feel like I can speak to her food because I've never watched her program. Well, I can. Well, go for it, sis. Go for it. It's basura. But anyway, her opinions are even worse. So I feel justified in having made fun of her all of these years. Uh, Because so if anybody's familiar with um, everything going on with Harvey Weinstein and him being uh, a rapist and a disgusting human being. That is correct. uh, Sonny Anderson decided that she was going to chime in about an experience that she had uh, at the workplace and um, talk about how she was sexually harassed at work. And when she went to her superior that, you know, she felt brave because she reported to her first radio boss. Um, she felt brave. However, the four co-workers that came after were not brave is what she said. Okay. Um, she said that. So as all these women come out of the woodwork, ask yourself, were they complicit in their silence, complicit when taking payoffs? What are you even talking about right now? She said people out here just using the word brave like they know what it is. And you're out here wearing wigs like you know how to do so. 
I refuse to call the third, fourth, fifth, or tenth person to come out and say, me too, brave. We can call them late, though, or I can. Those were her tweets. Wait, now, wait, she- wait, wait, wait. Way to turn the narrative, Sunny. Like, you know what kills me about people? Victim like, blaming. Like, not even victim blaming. It's like the oppression Olympics. Like, niggas want to be like, oh, no, nigga, it was harder for me. No, my life is more terrible than yours. Like, let me just out terrible you right quick. Like, Sunny, right. this is not about you. You are making it about you and... And and it's such a reach. Like you, did you stretch, girl? Like you pulling a muscle. Like I'm sure that you've torn a ligament yes. out here, stretching Absolutely. and reaching for all of this relevance, girl. That you and you have shredded your meniscus. I don't even like ACL torn to shreds, girl. Like I just <laughs> wish you're dislocating your shoulders and all of that. I don't know, girl. I just wish that. Um, like let's not make this about coconuts. Like this is not about you like Sunny mm-hmm. so for you to make it about you right now says a lot about yourself and the way that you see yourself in the world and you might need to seek some professional help I mean because like I don't know like it, it's I don't know like so she's so are you saying too that all the women who came out um after the very first woman who spoke about Bill Cosby are also I mean um, just what does it matter late? what does it matter like why would you make it, it about anything other than what the issue what is it about is. the issue is, is that Harvey Weinstein has is it Weinstein or Weinstein? I don't care. Anyway, it's gross he, is what it he is. He has been out here being a deplorable shell of a human being Thank um, you. and terrorizing women and using his power to manipulate people to do things or to to uh, even asking or suggesting things that are just disgusting and inappropriate and, and immoral, like all all things awful, right? So let's not let's not lose sight of that as the matter at hand. Now, speak on it, and and I don't know, like you, somebody else coming forward, like the number of women coming forward does not negate or devalue anybody's like anybody's experience or the weight that they've had to carry as a result. So I don't exactly. care if forty four women come out after the first woman comes out. Each one of those women have had to deal with the stress and the trauma and the anxiety associated with this heinous act, this heinous, heinous behavior from this powerful, rich white man. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, and I don't care how many people speak up about it. The fact of the matter is I still have to deal with it and go through the emotional stress and trauma that I've had to deal with as a result. So I just I just feel like why why would we make this about anything less anything other than what it's about? And I, I don't know right. I don't know what Sunny her specifically gets out of standing on a on a um platform and saying, No, no, my abuse is worse than yours. Like that's dumb. That's like somebody like <laughs> that's like when if 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 you if I've lost someone, I don't get up at every funeral that I go to and say, you know what? I have dealt with loss too. Like that's not what this is about. No, it's, not. it's not like and when I dealt with my loss. You know, everybody who dealt with the loss after like me, that's so. This is dumb. This is dumb. This is stupid. And so she's so yeah. She's basically saying like, oh well, these women who all came out, they're just late. It's like no. And furthermore, you don't even know if you want to get deeper into it. You don't know the reasoning as to why people have not spoken out. And it's the same situation with Bill Cosby, and it's the same situation with tons of women who have dealt or tons of people. People in general who have dealt with trauma um, and dealt with rape and dealt with abuse, 
people don't always they're not that sometimes they're not they don't have that bravery to step up sometimes they don't have it in them sometimes they need somebody to push them to that level and to see that other people have gone through those experiences especially with one particular person and knowing that you're not by yourself why would you go and speak against them as opposed to speaking against the person who is just filthy and foul out here living reckless and foul and destroying people's lives. You're an awful human being. Everything about you is awful physically and mentally and emotionally. And you need to go get help. And that's all I got to well, say I about mean, her. Yeah, I mean, the bottom, the line at the bottom of all of this is that this is not Sonny's business. And all of this, it's not. all of this is just evidence of the fact that she has not worked through whatever it whatever. is that, you know, came as a result of her own abuse. And for that, you know, I I say that, you know, I'm, I'm sad for her. Um, I'm not, I think that is, I'm not excusing her behavior at all, but um, I just hope that she would, you know, take this occasion to do some self-reflection and do her own work. Come on here, Iyanla. Because um, <laughs> I, that's all I'm hearing. It's just like, girl, girl, like, you're not you're, you're clearly not healed from whatever happened to you. And if you feel like you have to, you know, 10, uh, 10 12, 15 years later after the fact, like you, you don't even work on the radio no more. sis. like so right. you don't have to come out and Mr. Me Too this like <laughs> this is not, nobody cares about anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't you don't have to make this about you. It's not about you. And we it's don't care enough. We've had to look at you all this time. Mm. Well, go with God, Sonny, and turn the volume down. Moving right along. Speaking. Get you some black friends because mm. you can always tell when somebody don't have black friends when they got a really bad weave or wig. But anyway. Speak. <laughs> that is true. Because there is just, you know, friendship is friendship. It requires truth. The worst yeah. to leave out, I'd be like, you ain't got no black friends. And then the worst to leave out, I'm like, you don't have one black friend. Mm -mm -mm. Mm -mm -mm. Terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> But speaking of uh, people who have not healed and moved on from the <laughs> from the traumas of their lives, I huh, so this week I watched Mary Mary on We, and I had the unfortunate I don't even know uh, I, the unfortunate opportunity of watching um, Tina Campbell and her mm. husband Teddy counsel. And these were like just me giving like 45 air quotes. Like that's all the quotes I got. Council. Houseway. Uh, Benzino. <laughs> Benzino, his Benzino and his missing neck and his baby mother. The human chicken. <laughs> like Benzino look like Mickey Mouse. He don't have no neck. <laughs> Head, shoulders, <laughs> knees and toes. Knees and toes. Oh, knees and toes. Benzino, where your neck at, B? Where your neck, though? Where your neck? Your neck is missing. It's gone. Amber Alert, Benzino's neck. Man, it's in, a, it's in a silver Mazda. <laughs> if every... <laughs> it's in a silver Mazda, license plate, H-E-L-L-N-O. That's right. 369, H-E-L-L-N-O. All right? Benzino has no neck, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Anyway. <laughs> Woo. So Teddy and Tina were, were fake counseling Benzino and Althea um, because they are going through. They said, these are their words, that they were, they were experiencing a similar situation. And that's where, they, that's where, you know, there's so many, so many wrongs, so much wrong here. 
so many things right. that are terrible. But they they claim that their situation is similar to Tina and Teddy's, and they were seeking right. their advice and counsel. This is problematic for about seventy two thousand reasons. Um, the first one being Tina Campbell is neither qualified or capable of counseling anybody. An ant, not a roach, like not Tina, a plant. Listen, Tina couldn't counsel a booger out of a nose. She couldn't counsel. <laughs> she couldn't. She couldn't counsel. Um. I can't even think of nothing else. She couldn't, she couldn't counsel air out the air conditioner. She could not counsel <laughs> peanut butter and jelly. Um, she couldn't count like like what what, count, what are you doing? Flat iron, That's right. You speaking of flat irons, there was a girl in the in the airport today flat ironing her hair in the bathroom, and I was just looking at her like, sis, now is not the time. But anyway, or the place, like girl, why you got this whole terminal smelling like burnt ends? I was upset. Was go I was nigga. upset with her. I was she was about to go see a nigga, baby. She wasn't worried about Ooh, you. She, she just worked my walk. nerves. And I want her, I just, I was look. I burned a hole in the side of her face. As I was watching my hands, I was just looking at her like, you are dumb. <laughs> I cannot She's believe. Like, I'm going to twirl on you black lady because I'm in here oh. flat ironing my hair because my nigga's outside waiting for me and I want to look like something when I see him. <laughs> I was just over her. But anyway. Filthy. <laughs> yes. Tina could not cancel the steam off of flat iron because she's not qualified. I think that don't think that because somebody, because Tina got cheated on, now she can counsel women who've been cheated on on forgiveness. And let me just tell you something. For, that is the first lie because Tina has not forgiven Teddy. I'm going to tell no, you. No, because she won't stop talking won't about stop it. She won't stop talking about it. And she won't stop. She won't, like, no. Ev- like, she talks about it every episode. Every time there's a microphone anywhere near her face, she talks about it. And, I mean... Her identity is so it's like rooted in this now. So now she feels like she has to talk about this, but she has not forgiven Teddy. She has not. She wants to be. Uh She wants to control. uh, The first the the previous episode, they do some sort of like YouTube show or something where they talk about advice and couples and forgiveness and all that crap. And she got upset with him at that episode because he kind (laughs) of took over the conversation and she was like, you need to let me take the lead on whenever we talk about this because you cheated on me. And I'm like, girl, you sound real hurt (laughs) and you need to listen. Like, I don't know. It's okay for her to still be working through her forgiveness. I don't know why she feels like, um, she has to put on this front, like all as well, when we know that it's not. And furthermore, just work through, a silent, just silently, work through it. Please. Just work through it. And furthermore, don't lie on the Lord. Now I'm tired of y'all lying on the Lord oh. because forgiveness is a totally a thing that the Lord tells us to do. But forgiveness Absolutely. come must must be um it, it must exist with along with wisdom, like. It's it's you you you're responsible for yourself. The Lord doesn't have you. The, will not have you out here looking stupid and acting stupid and then just you know caught up in a cycle of wrong, on the well, basis of forgiveness. Like that's whack. Forgiveness does not always mean reconciliation. Teddy cheated they, on Tina. Did we say it before? Listen, Teddy cheated cheated on Tina ten times that she knew of <laughs> in their marriage. <laughs> Now she want to get up on my TV talking about I am such a super Christian because I forgave him. Girl, no, you that's not what this is about. Like, that's first not what all, you be sit- First of all, she be renting out these theaters and selling these 17 tickets, her and Teddy. And then she gets up. I just want to let you all know today. <laughs> 
we're going to talk about forgiveness. Oh my God, leave me alone. Because my nigga <laughs> cheated on me. And look at us. We're standing here know. right now in front of you both. Look at him. Teddy Sealy, look at him in his face. He's got shame. I don't know, man. The language, <laughs> the way that we talk, the way that she talks about it is problematic for me. I am not suggesting that I am the authority on this. I'm not even saying that Tina should not forgive her husband. I think that that's something that they have to work through. But I just feel like you cannot wrap things up in a pretty little reality show bow. No. And just make it appear that all is well when people who have We're a failing tour. Exactly. <laughs> when people who have rational thinking minds and too capable eyes and can see and can hear and they we can all perceive that this is like not a healthy Some situation. Bullshit. Right. It's not a healthy situation. And I think it's really, really problematic for her to be out here telling people like Althea and other women to just forgive your husband. You don't have enough context into people's lives. And I think that you are, what if you telling somebody to forgive and just stay in a situation that is unhealthy for them and their children? Right. If somebody does not care about you enough to not sleep with somebody else, t 10 whole different times during that your you 12 exactly during your 12 year marriage then that makes <laughs> I mean there's other things that you need to call into question about their character and their behavior so right. you can't I mean and I'm not saying they haven't done this work but I don't like the way that they have presented this situation on television have people thinking it's alright and just giving niggas license to just be out here cheating because Tina said that she gonna have to forgive me because the Lord says so that's not what the Lord said the Lord says that yes we do have to forgive but that don't mean that we just stay in in terrible situations because that's she also be stoning this nigga publicly so if you're gonna be claiming to to forgive Agreed. this nigga then don't, don't be having him out here like handmaid's tale throwing him in it's the middle so of the bad. Shame, shame, so shame. bad shame it's so <laughs> bad it's so bad i hate it like i literally hate it it really makes me feel some kind of way like it's not all right and she talking about althea talking about uh althea's mother comes talk about um Tina said, well, what's the problem? She was like, because Benzino was fornicating. I said, well, so was Althea because they, they, they ain't married. Words mean They're things. So, like, right. so I mean, I, I'm sure that she meant adultery, but I'm just saying, like, it just was, it seemed all. Which it still isn't. Which is, yes. mm, I mean, which it still isn't because they are not married. But God, right. God bless their hearts. I mean. He was just out here creeping. You know like, what I'm saying? Cheating. Like, he was just out here without a neck doing <laughs> what he does. And that's fine. For, for, for with whoever for whatever reason. Listen, I mean, it's just too much. It's just too much. Um, but maybe some women don't like that. Maybe they're not into necks. Maybe they like to lick a chest or an ear. Yo, at the same well, time. I'm gonna move on <laughs> because I'm I'm triggered and disgusted. Um, I just have one more thing that I wanted to talk to you about. I forgot to mention this when we were preparing, so just indulge me. Okay. Um. Nelly, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nelly was serenading uh, somebody's daughter um, on a stage, singing "I Can't Get You Off My Mind." I think about you over and over and over and over, and I just want to know where were the problematic police because I was, I just was troubled on every side, like literally, Ooh. like. Mm, this is Nelly, so Nelly terrible. Needs to be laying low. He needs to be laying low right now. Mm -mm. I want, got a lot going on legally. And I would just like I would just like to have a brief moment, uh, a, a quick little powwow with this child's mama. <laughs> Let's have it now. I want to just talk to her, <laughs> sis, because you you dropped the ball on this one. Real like you dropped it. 
in front of all of us. And I feel like the judgment that you are about to receive is completely warranted. You dropped a bomb on me. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Baby. Mm-mm. So I I want to have a conversation with her and all of the parents of um, the young ladies who are uh, in captivity by Robert. Oh, <laughs> like all of them. No, because I just I'm trying to figure out how these how this keeps happening. Like your daughter wants a singing career. That's not the person that she needs to be going to. Like I I just Nelly is not. There's a lot happening right now with him. He's claiming that it's all innocent, but I'm just saying the optics were all wrong. Like, and I mean, if you even Google it right now. What are you saying? <laughs> this is a kid. <laughs> In your sick like. Like, if you Google it right now, all of the, like, the people, <laughs> the way that people describe it is just, like, everyone says Nelly creepily serenades. Like, creepily serenades this young child and twirls her finger twirl his twirls her hair around his fingers no oh he touched he touched her her. he was touching her face and twirled twirling her hair and i was just like where is her mama (laughs) over this clapping no because this baby could not know like there's no possible way that this baby is old enough to know who nelly is or what this song is about like i mean like, why was she there? Who takes Wait, uh, who I... takes their child to see Nelly? That's the first question. Why? Your your baby don't know who Nelly is? Nor does she know what a tip drill is. When is or the last time? When has Nelly had a song out? Like, literally. Like the honey nut Cheerios. Commercial. I don't have time for that either. Like, none of these babies out here know who the hell Nelly is. Why was that baby Not at the soul. concert? Why was she there? Listen, Noah has an extensive vocabulary for a four-year-old, and Nelly's nowhere in there. Listen, because for what? <laughs> like, why? Why? But I want to go wake her up right now and be like, mm-hmm. Nelly, so she can be like, who? What? Exactly. <laughs> just... It's a problem. It's a problem. We just have to, I don't know. There's nothing else to be said. Nelly got to stop. And this, this, mother... this girl's mother needs to nah. be slapped. See, this is a cycle, and I don't like it. It's a problem. It's a problem. Ain't no more big mamas. Where's her mama's mama? <laughs> Somebody right. needed to tell her that this is a terrible idea. You know what? No, Tokyo t- uh, oh, um, T hell. is showing us oh, that God. mama's mamas are not necessarily um, where it's at all the time now. Ain't no now. more big mamas no more, y'all. Ain't no, no, more, aunt- ain't no, more, ain't no more aunties or none of that. We're going to have to just... No, there's aunties. We're aunties. I do feel like an auntie. I, I feel like an auntie. Now that I have done this IS, uh, iOS 11 update and I don't know how to work my phone, I really feel like an auntie. Because I'm just like, I what, what does this? What does this do? I hate how it does so this much. Work? I don't like 11.0.3. I, I don't like don't it. like any of it, and I wish I could go back. I really do because I just like, I just don't understand how to. I can't find anything. It's dumb. I just, what are y'all doing? Like, what are y'all doing? I just feel, I feel. Who's making this? I just feel old. Like, I I feel like the, like, you know how when you see your mom using her cell phone with her index finger and she looking over her yeah. glasses? That's how I feel when I use my phone now. Because I'm just like, what? Alone in a room. Oh, not Yolanda. <laughs> it's just me and you. Girl. Oh, phone. my gosh. Exactly. We're doing too I'm much so talking. I'm so lost. <laughs> We're doing way too much talking. Can we get into the show? Yeah, let's All do right. it. My sister's popping right now. Like. Shout out to my sis time. Hermanitas. Oh my gosh. You just have these 
Hispanic subtitles, and I just don't even know what to make of it sometimes. But I'm going to let you get your life. This week's shout out to my sis uh, was submitted by a listener. Uh, the email reads, hi, Jade and Kia. Hey, girl. Uh, your hey. podcast gives me life and helps me as I navigate this corporate whitewashed world. And I appreciate you. We appreciate you too, mm. sis. She Good said, job. today I wanted to shout out my sis Patrice, who not only types fast on the 9 to 5, but also owns a yoga studio, which is designed with people of color in mind. Um, the, yoga, the yoga studio is located in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is not your average hey. run-of-the-mill yoga studio. They play Kendrick, SZA, Erica, Lauren, etc. while you move and breathe the stress and anxiety away while building strength and flexibility. Uh, think you can do yoga? Think again. Everyone can do yoga, and yoga truly is for everyone. Um, I will put the link in the description um, for colorsofyogaraleigh.com. So shout out to Patrice, and shout yes. out to Rachel B. for submitting. Um, I did have the chance to go and check out the website, and it looks really cute. Um, yes. This is... Uh, awesome black owned business that is for us and by us and you know it's yoga it's yoga for the trap how can we not love that that sounds like my kind of I, I concur I concur there's classes um, and a, a cute little studio again it's in Raleigh North Carolina so if you live in that area then you should definitely check them out so shout out to Patrice who is the owner and shout out to Rachel for writing in Shout out to you guys. There's a um, there I, I I'll have to find the info and tell you and maybe make it an official shout out one day. But there's a a similar situation in New York called Grills and Granola, <laughs> and it's this <laughs> and it's like trap music, um, yoga. So I think that's dope that you guys are creating spaces for us by us. Yeah, man. Patrice Graham is the owner. Um, there's other teachers listed. Um, yeah. Lots of different classes offered, private yoga sessions. You guys check out colorsofyogaraleigh.com and let them know that Jaden Keir from Getting Grown sent you over. Yes. Plus, you can generally trust a black woman named Patrice. It is a very sturdy and respectable name, isn't it? We love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Kitchen table yes, talk. Man, now that we've taken out the trash for a half hour. <laughs> Let us gather around the kitchen table. Sometimes Sometimes it's just a lot of trash. You can't really sit down to the table unless the trash has been taken out. Fall cleaning. Fall cleaning. I've been nesting. Oh, I've been just like in home mode lately. That's my life. Totally. Yeah. Like I just like, I mean, same. Like I'm always like, man, I need to do this. But I really am like, man, I need to do this. I need to do this. Me and Crystal were talking earlier this week about like how, you know, the weather is changing and... You know, it's getting cold. And we'd be like, girl, well, y'all thought y'all didn't see me much <laughs> before. <laughs> you wait. <laughs> you really not Wait until this that. temperature gets below 50 degrees, honey. You're going to be like. I'll see you December 1st. Yeah. You'll be out of your house like? then. Yeah, man. December know. 1st, I will have to journey out into the cold. But what are you munching on at the uh, kitchen table today? Uh, you know, I again, I'm coming back in from out of town, and my refrigerator is barren, honey. It's just as dry. Um, but I did have mm. a cup of tea. I ordered some Chinese food, and then by the time it got here, I didn't oh. want it. So I, uh, <laughs> I just ate like <laughs> I just ate a little of my broccoli and just a little, a few 
a few rices. Y'all remember, remember <laughs> that man? I can't think of his the comedian. It was a comedian on Comic View years and years and years ago. And he used to say rice. Oh, I loved Carmen. He'd be like, man, you know, I would have some, some uh, roast beef and gravy. I had about a thousand rices. <laughs> <laughs> I had about a thousand rices. You know, man, rices on my plate. I love rices. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I had me a few grains of rices with my broccoli. <laughs> And uh, yeah, but that's that's what I've got. And I just had a wonderful cup of tea. You know, as I get older, I am just getting better and better at making good tea. Isn't it a good Ooh. tea? Like, isn't it so pleasant? I just felt so much better. And I'm so sad that there's nothing left. I wish I could make another cup because I, I thought it was going to last me the whole uh, the whole show. But here we are. But no, it was so delicious. I had a, me a good uh, chai vanilla tea yesterday with a little almond milk. And some cinnamon in it. Oh my goodness! And a little bit of natural sugar, turbinado. It was so good. I had bought some raw cane sugar from the Whole Foods. Yes, same thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, turbinado, raw sugar. Yes, I'm so proud oh, girl, of you. It was on sale. Now we're just gonna move on to the deodorant. I told anyway, you I'm not putting that that all natural stuff. <laughs> I found one that works. I don't have well. time to be test driving deodorant. I need to know that it works. You don't have me out here smelling like pine cones. Fooling with you. No, Mm-mm. mint. Mint I'm not interested. Degree keeps Fresh. me going strong. Yes, it does. It was secret for me when I was when I was in that life. Girl, but anyway. Well, um, last month. <laughs> it's been a while. I have been testing natural deodorant processes for some time now. From making my own to using I different kinds. Now they have. God bless you. I had That's to. Fine. That's I had fine. Different Different strokes. folks. At the kitchen table today, uh, it's going to be more of a serious conversation because we're going to discuss um, mental, emotional uh, abuse. Um, We know that it is something that a lot of people deal with. Um, And then there's also those people who seem to be in different types of relationships and we'll discuss those different types of relationships as the kitchen table goes on. But there are different people who seem to be in different types of relationships that they might not necessarily uh, be happy in and they can't figure out what it is. So we thought um, identifying some of those behaviors um, might be something that would be key because we know that it is a lot that, uh, that a lot of us are going through. So like the signs... That you're yeah, like that you might be dealing with or in a situation that may be emotionally abusive. Yep. Um, so with that being said, actually Kia found a really good article um that identifies a lot of those signs. So we thought we would kind of use that use that as a go by, as an outline, um, as we kind of get into the discussion a little bit. Yeah, further. and I'll be happy to put that in the description box as well for those of you who want to read the full article and get all the goods. Yes. So um, the first thing I thought would be good as we get into it is to is to um, define what what that abuse is in the first place. And so I found a really good description, which is psychological abuse, also referred to as psychological violence, emotional abuse or mental abuse is a form of abuse characterized by a person subjecting or exposing another person to behavior that may result in psychological trauma including anxiety, chronic depression, or post-traumatic stress disorder. 
So I found that to be a really pointed definition um, uh, and, and really self-explanatory. I don't think I need to expand on it any further. Uh, from there, do, do you want to go into some of the um, some of those some of those signs? Um, so the article um, um, is a HuffPost article, and it really kind of lays out what I like. What I like about it is that you know it it acknowledges that the fact that this kind of abuse can exist in many forms. Um, um, so it in terms of characterizing it, it gives like spectrums almost um, mm-hmm. or like points of consideration a- along like a continuum um, that really puts the onus on the reader to think through and apply this information to their own um, relationships or whatever mm-hmm. they, they m- may be experiencing and really kind of determine and tease out what that means for them. Um, Cause you know, it's going to, you know, look and feel and be different uh, for every person because it's relative. So exactly. Um, in terms of the signs that you may be uh, may be being emo- uh, emotionally abused. Um, so the first one being like support versus discouragement. Um, mm-hmm. That's if someone, I guess if your partner or the counterpart in the relationship is more prone or likely to discourage you rather than support you. Um, so a non-abusive partner would be happy when opportunities come your way. Um, um, another, like a, a, an abusive partner may uh, find ways to discourage you, find ways to dissuade you or keep you from, um, progressing or trying new things always offering always you know not even playing the devil's advocate but being the devil's advocate and just being contrary um mm-hmm. and um really counter to um whatever i mean you know whatever the whatever it is that you're experiencing whatever that new thing might be another continuum mm-hmm. is like someone who is more critical than um like criticism criticism versus admiration. So someone who mm-hmm. would be more prone to put you down um, than they were to, to give you a compliment. Um, I thought that this was, you know, really a really useful one because, you know, a lot of times it's all about determining that fine line between someone who's teasing you um, and like, you know, poking fun. Cause you know, we Jones people who we care about, like, and I know that that's probably an unhealthy practice, but it is very much a part of, at least it was very much a part of the culture of my house, my family, my friends, um, that kind of, you know, joshing around, playing the dozens, all that stuff is really kind of specific to the way that I was brought up. But there is a fine line um, that is often crossed. Um, and if it's something that happens all the time, like playing around versus just being downright critical um, is, right. you know, is the difference. Um, again, something, another, another aspect is, you know, being indifferent versus being empathetic. Someone 
this some someone who you know if you if you're going to uh, someone who you're in a relationship with and kind of sharing what your hardship is sharing what is upsetting to you sharing what you're dealing with mm-hmm. and you know they kind of brush it off or tell you to grow up or tell you you know that you should be stronger or that you or they you know not not necessarily giving you constructive feedback or pushing you in a constructive and positive and productive way to work through the problem, but more so kind of downing you or just being uh, or just being completely ambivalent or like, I don't really care about what you're going through, girl. It's not about you right now. Um, downplaying right. what you're going right. through versus someone who will be like, dang, like, all right, I'm so sorry that you're feeling this way and being a listening ear. And then and then, you know, when you're ready being someone who can help you think through ways to move forward, whatever that may mean. Or even somebody who, when you're going through a a hardship, who has to come back and, like we talked about earlier with the Mr. Me Too, um, come back with the hardship that they're going through, like completely, completely downplaying what it is that you're going through. That is a form of uh, emotional abuse. That is a form of the empathy versus indifference. And then number four, the balance versus the chaos. Um, so that, you know, we, we, we all strive for, for peace within our relationships um, because that's when they feel good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but in an emotionally abusive relationship, they thrive on turmoil. So how, how is that balance within that relationship? Are you guys, you know, is it, is it, is it constant friction or is it something that somebody feeds off of? Is it something that they have to have? Or is it something where they try to resolve issues in a peaceful manner uh, or in a balanced manner? And so if it's a state of constant chaos, that's something that you might need to reevaluate or contemplate, talk to somebody about whatever the case, journal about, but something that you right. need to work through. Um, it's responsibility versus blame. When it comes to responsibility versus blame, that being the fifth and final sign that you may uh, be in an emotionally abusive um, situation. Uh, The person who you're in a relationship with refuses to take responsibility. Like if there's ever an issue where, you know, there's a mutual disagreement or mutual experience and it comes down to assigning responsibility or blame, they are just, you know, very, they're, they will be more apt to place total blame on you and not take any responsibility. Um, or not be sensitive or compassionate to you at all. Um, and not in a way that's, again, healthy or um, just, you know, communicating um, their their experience, but in a very pejorative way that just, you know, um, all disappointments in an abuser's life is like an external, they're externalizing um, whatever it is that they're feeling and making you a target of their emotions at the time. So, um if you're in a situation where, you know, you're being just constantly blamed, constantly, you're constantly the one, you're constantly the bad guy, constantly the person who is at the root of all the issues um, and dealing with someone who just refuses to see and acknowledge that the hand that they play in different situations. And, you know, that mm-hmm. might be um, a case where you're being emotionally abused. And I also want to say that, you know, emotional abuse is, is tricky because it's not, you know, blatant. It's not overt, like, physical abuse can be it's not or even sexual abuse even though sexual abuse can exist in you know in the shadows for for some time and it's often hidden away um emotional abuse Mm -hmm. is even more difficult to identify and deal with 
because it's like insidious, like and it's it's really passive, right. it's elusive, it kind of and and it's it's almost relative because you know um, it requires like it's easy for one to argue that you know they didn't mean it, and I mean it's hard it's hard to kind of point at and say this is abuse. Um, so oftentimes we. And it and it could teeter it could teeter on the lines of like oh I was just playing so in in a lot of cases people who are emotionally abused um, they tend to cape <laughs> um, and develop coping coping mechanisms when they're abused like they you know they say oh mm-hmm. they minimize they oh it's not that bad he's just playing she's just playing they don't mm-hmm. mean it um, so it's hard for people to kind of point at and. A lot of and, and oftentimes, if it's if it's happening, someone has to be very intentional about calling it out and really kind of saying this is abuse. Right. Um, and I don't, you know, you know, this is why I feel it's abusive, and this is why I'm not going to tolerate tolerate it anymore. And that's and like you said, it uh, it's not always harsh or mean. It's not always so external. Like a lot of times, it's very manipulative, and so that's why it's it's harder to identify. Uh, when you're in a situation like that. No, what no, I'm saying? saying it's very subtle. Um, I also wanted to bring mm-hmm. out the point that, you know, a lot of times people think that it's just one-sided, um, that, you know, in, in in relationships, men are harsher than women or, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's always it's, it, that it's it's happening one way, but it's easy because it's something that is so latent, Um it can mm-hmm. kind of exist and be like exist, you know, in both both parties involved, um, male to male to female, male to male, women like and 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 in relationships, you know, yeah. women can be just as emotionally abusive, if not more, <laughs> than uh, men because you know we yes, you know how we absolutely. are with our words, and I I can I can stand up in that because there are many times um, that I know. I feel like, okay, I feel like my parent. I, I call it a gift. That's probably terrible, but I call it a gift. My mom, I did not grow up in a household <laughs> where my parents cursed. My mom didn't curse. I've never heard my mother curse. I've never heard my grandmother curse. I'm mm-hmm. Like, cursing is just not a thing in my house. Howsomever. <laughs> my, I was raised by women who had the uncanny capacity to make you feel like hot, garbage like basuda cha-cha-cha like literally they can just reduce you (laughs) to nothing and make you feel like you are the scum of the earth like you are below you listen they can make you feel like the worst of the worst exactly and i feel like i have adopted that you know i it, it was it has been passed down to me and i have been in situations in instances where i knew that i was saying lethal things like i and you know those mm-hmm. of us who have a way with the words even though you know sometimes i bumble and fumble over my speech but you know i have i have a command of the english language i know how to put the words together you know what i'm saying <laughs> i can you know what i'm saying you know i can meet you together them. and i i can recall what i have said things that i knew i knew when i said it out of my mouth that i was crossing a line and i did it because i could um so i said that to say right. that you know a lot of times we can be women can be just as emotionally abusive um, as men can be. So I, I just wanted to make that point clear. Like we're not saying that, you know, I don't want to, I don't want it to be a one-sided thing where I'm saying we're talking about abusive no. men 
in re- who are in relationship with women or, you know, that it's not a thing. No. Or even in same-sex relationships or any... It doesn't even have to be in romantic relationships. Emotional abuse can exist within parent-child dynamics. It can exist in sibling dynamics. It can exist mm-hmm. in all kinds of other family um, uh Diets. It could exist in friendships. It could exist in business uh, relationships. It is totally a thing, um, and it has no res- like you know the nature of relationship is, has any has nothing to do with its prevalence or existence. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm glad you brought up what, uh, what you brought up about women being um, how we also have the ability to be emotionally abusive or. Uh, out, people in general, in any in any relationship that we're in, we have that ability to be emotionally abusive. And so, um, while this was originally to identify signs, and I'll get a little bit into why we wanted to talk about this today in a second, um, it's really good that we self-identify a lot of these behaviors to make sure that we're not exhibiting them, because we all have the ability to do so. Um, especially when it works to our favor, because that's where a lot of this emotional abuse comes from. A lot of it comes from insecurities and and bigger issues like that. But sometimes it comes just from, you know, us wanting things a certain way. And so we try to manipulate a situation in order to, to get it to have it done that way. Or we want somebody to feel a certain way. And so we, you know, will manipulate that situation in order to, to carry that out. But it's really, really important that we identify a lot of these behaviors in right. ourselves as well. Because we don't want to be right. exhibiting that behavior. I think it's important like, to say that the that the position of the show, or in my position at least, is not, you know, calling out one party over the other as an abuser, but just kind of giving or arming ourselves, myself included. I mean, as you as I'm negotiating and dealing with all different kinds of relationships in my life, it's important for me to know this information beforehand so that I can be proactive in the way that I deal with people um, and not just be out here, you know, being irresponsible for my own actions, but you know, right, and being and also being irresponsible for the way in which that my actions influence the lives of the people who I'm in relationship with. So, I want to get a little bit into why we wanted to have this discussion in the first place. I think it's really important. Again, this is not to, for us to try to like blow up a bunch of people's relationships and say, okay, see, you see how you're dealing with that and you're dealing with that and you're dealing with that. That's emotional abuse. Now you need to do something about it. That's not the reasoning. Um, I have, I know quite a few people who are dealing with, dealing with a lot right now. And I'm not going to put people's business out there, you know, with names or anything like that. But, um, I have a, 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 a person that I know who is going through a situation where, and it's more of a, of a drastic and harsh situation, but it's with a loved one, or and I use that with air quotes hmm. as well, who does things like, who tears them down by telling them things like nobody else is going to want them. Um, or they're gaining weight and they need to do something about it. That is, that can destroy a person emotionally. And when you profess to love somebody, that comes with a responsibility. And that comes with a responsibility in how you communicate with them and how you and how you communicate with them and how you help them to to look at themselves because while self-esteem is an esteem of self, it's something that we're responsible for for ourselves. Those who are in our li- in our lives as our loved ones and as we are in other people's lives as loved ones and we want to build them up, we want people in our lives who are going to do the same thing. 
Um, and it's never okay for you to stay in a situation where somebody is talking to you like that. Somebody is putting that in your head where you start to feel bad about yourself. You know what I'm saying? And again, this is more of a drastic situation um, that I'm speaking of right now. But just those small signs, those can lead to bigger things. I remember when I was in a relationship very young and the person that I was with was a very insecure person and I wasn't an insecure person and they were able to completely flip that around and turn it around on me where I then became an insecure person because they pushed all of that off on me with constant um, belittling and constant accusations all of that false accusations belittling all of that are forms of emotional abuse psychological abuse and mental abuse and it's never okay for anybody to be treating you like that um and it's it can be just as pointed as as physical abuse you know what i'm saying for you for somebody to be tearing your character down like that Uh, i know i seem like i'm kind of all over the place but um it's just something that really hits home for me it's something that i'm really passionate about i i get viscerally angry when i hear about anybody that I know going through a situation like that. But like Kia said, it can come in so many different forms with so many, so many different types of relationships. Um, again, if we're going to speak to a romantic relationship, another way that somebody can manipulate you or be abusing you mentally and emotionally is uh, financially. If you're in a relationship financially, um, I know Fran has spoken about it and she's given me permission to speak about it. So I'm not just putting her out there either, but she's spoken about being in a relationship with somebody who kind of had a one up on her financially. They kind of had a little bit more exposure in the world. She was young. She uh, came from more of a poverty mindset. She was raised in the PJs. You know what I'm saying? Didn't come from a lot of money. And so she's dealing with a person who was able to put that money in her face, who was able to, use that and use their power to make her feel a certain type of way. That's also a form of, of emotional. Yeah, totally. Anybody who will use anything, um, as, as, as a means to control you, um, in any way, shape or form, it could be information. It could be, I'm thinking about, um, if you tell someone something in confidence and then they continue to use it against you or they threaten you, um, blackmail you, or even like not even, and I know that we, people have worn this word out and it really just drains me to use it. But like shame, it's also, it's also a right. big thing because I think, you know, like the internet usually does, um, people have started to think about or have started to assign different meanings to the word shame. Um, and I don't want to get into, right. Right. I don't want to get into, into that too deeply, but in the traditional sense of the word, um, when someone shames you for something like they make you, they cause you to feel um, as though what you're doing is wrong. Um, I mean, and that, that's, yep. I say that, you know, with a grain of salt, because I think that, that a lot of that has to do, you know, with the way that you interpret it and hear things, but also, I mean, that's neither here nor there. I mean, when someone is intentionally shaming you, I mean, that they're, they're causing you to make you feel less than or that you know causing you to be right. ashamed right of of yourself because of something that they are doing right. or not doing or yeah and that's a projection and that's another like 
people project all the time, but projection is a form of emotional abuse because what you're then doing are taking your shortcomings and what you're doing to add to the detriment of whatever relationship this is. And then you're flipping it out on me to, and pointing out my flaws, my mistakes, and my shortcomings or trying to make your shortcomings my shortcomings. That's never okay. It's never okay to tear somebody down. To right. Or to, or to like intentionally humiliate someone um, for something um, right. or to force someone through shame. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't do this, it's because you're that or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking about, and I mean, this might be, I don't know. This is, this is a, this came to mind because I had a conversation with my friend Andrea about this last week. Um, and I don't know mm-hmm. if this is the same context or this, this applies in this case, but I'm just going to say it and y'all just tell me if it's off, but in dating situations, when you even not even like when you're in a dating relationship with someone, but even when you meet someone and they're and they express an interest in dating, you are getting to know you in that way. Um, mm-hmm. I'm speaking from my personal experience. So if this is not your experience, then God bless your heart. But I'm not talking to you. So so um, <laughs> I have experienced lately like and it's been it's got I feel like it's gotten really bad here lately so i don't know if it's just me but i feel that certain men i don't want to say all but certain men really go to very sexual like their their conversation gets very sexually charged and to me by Mm -hmm. my standards inappropriate very quickly i feel like i'm Mm -hmm. very forthcoming and upfront about the fact that i'm not interested in casual sexual interactions and you know when I express that it seems that you know everyone's in agreement we're all good we're just getting to know one another we're all good but even after that boundary has been established and communicated the conversation gets very sexual and borderline well uh, I don't even say borderline, but inappropriate very quickly. And it it makes Mm -hmm. me angry because, I mean, you know, every nigga's going to shoot a shot. I get that. I'm not, and I'm, you know, again, not excusing disrespectful behavior, but, you know, I can handle your advance. What I do not like is the assumption or the, uh, you know, niggas just take for granted sometimes it seems like they just feel like they have a right or they they have you know why not like they just take license to have access to you in ways that are not okay like i have to give you permission i have to give you permission to access me and access that side of me and access that part of uh, that part of me because it's intimate it's personal it's mine and i don't know you i don't know anything about you so if I'm telling you that I don't want to have sex with you yeah. in a casual, in a casual situation, that does not mean that I want that. What makes you feel like I want to discuss sex casually with you? Um, and it's not just flirting, right. but I mean, I'm talking about like you sending me pictures, sending me gifts, sending me. Um, and I mean, dick pics are one thing. I'm talking about that. Yes, because I don't know. You heard it here first. And I don't mm-hmm. y'all could be mad. 
if if you send me a dick pic and I didn't ask for it, that's emotional abuse. This is psychological trauma. I don't want it. It's emotional I did abuse. not ask for I it. Ask I don't see, know what you're trying to, to control and manipulate by sending it to me, but I didn't ask for it. So whatever. But I'm also talking about sexual memes, uh, all kinds of things. And I'm just saying that it happens to me. And I, I feel like I don't, I mean, I don't know. And you I don't, don't I don't, it. It, it really makes me feel some kind of way because what, what really, the energy that comes behind it. And then if, because it's like, you know, it's, it's done as if it's a given. And if I make any objection or if I say that I'm not with it in any way, then it's then I then then that's when the name calling starts, and it's like they're trying to, and right. it's not like if it's like if you call me a bitch and, and and you know hang up the phone in my face, all right, I'm not gonna feel like you shaming me, but if you call me all these things, mm-hmm. but you're still like pushing, <laughs> like it's like you're trying to convince me by by you telling me that I'm immature and childish and approved and we're all adults and I don't know why this is a problem for you. Like we're grown. If you continue to do that kind of thing to me as if you're trying to convince me to let my guard down and allow you to, to speak to me in a way that I find disrespectful, then that's why I feel like you, you're trying mm-hmm. to shame me. You're trying to put me to shame to where I'll just be like, okay, fine. And that, like and that I don't right. that that's the problem with about it that I don't like because you know I'm not I'm not approved I'm not you know squeamish or anything like that I can handle and look at I can see any old show me the dicks I just well, it don't bother me is what I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying what bothers me is that people feel like they have access to me in a way that I don't like that I have not. Um, agreed to or allow or giving you permission to have like you you cannot just take for granted that it's okay for you to engage with me in this way because I don't know you and for you to force yourself on me in this way is inappropriate it's inappropriate I didn't ask for it anything no means no comes in in so many forms it comes in so many forms and no me no no means no also comes in the form of if I don't want to talk to you like this yet, if I'm not ready to have this type of conversation with you, I'm not ready to accept this type of humor from you. I'm not ready to look at your dick unsolicited like none of that. Then you need to respect that. And if you can't get with it, you need to move forward, but you need to respect that. And if you're not able to respect that, you are then starting to infringe on me and my boundaries. And that be, that's when it starts to become manipulative in the form of abuse. I don't know. I feel like we talk about dick um, pics all the time. That also, <laughs> but <laughs> well, that's because they're, they're, it's an epidemic. I apologize. I don't know. I just wish the child would just, I don't know. I have, I can only speak to my, about my personal experiences. And I'm just saying here lately, it just seems like, I'm going to tell y'all, I'm going to tell y'all, no. th- not even just a dick pic, but when I say this, this this guy, I don't know if y'all seen the meme. It's a meme of a woman's throat. Have you seen this meme? It's a meme of a woman's throat no. and it has like different points. And it's like, you know, at, at the deeper you get into the throat, like you get like the, the gift gets bigger. So like it starts out at like an iPhone 6. Okay. Oh, yes, I have. Like yes, Bentley, and then it goes to like right? a car and a house. So and, this yeah. nigga sent me this picture yeah. and legit asked me, what you driving <laughs> off in? And I'm just sitting here like, <laughs> stunned. Like, like, nigga, are you serious? who are you? I just feel like, what <laughs> angle, like, who are you? 
who I don't know you. I don't know who you are. And I mean, when I say like this, like, what is this? And he's like, what? It's a picture. I got it off the internet. It's funny. Ha ha ha. Like, no, nigga, you just asked me how deep my throat is. You you just asked me how deep exactly my throat you is. Did. You just asked me how good my head game is. I That's don't what know you. you. you We've not been to anywhere together. Like, we're just is. like, we're in the total, like, complete preliminary stages of any kind of anything. I don't know anything about you. You are testing Exactly. And I done told you doing. that you're filthy and I don't like that kind of filth. With strangers, and you here, and you, you are me. again. And you sending me this like, girl. If you don't get your behind, tiptoeing all over saying, my boundaries. What do you tiptoeing mean? all man, man, over man. them. Like we all adults here. Everybody's here. Everybody on this phone is grown. Blah 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 blah. Like, no, you telling what? me to grow? Are you you grow up, nigga. Use your words. You grow you don't up. have no other conversation. I then head. That's all you got. Right. Come on, come on. That's the funniest meme you've seen today? No. <laughs> you must not follow Daquan. Anyway, I <laughs> also, for those who are in relationships, married or not, um, another another form is like if there is something that you're, while you're talking about, you know, se- being sexually inappropriate in that context, you know, for those who are in relationships, if you're in a relationship and your partner may want, to do something that you don't want to do and i think i've said this before but your partner wants doesn't he wants to do something that you're not down with and it's not because again you're approved it's something that you're not comfortable with them trying to coax you or tell you that you're approved because you don't want to engage in whatever activity this is that's not okay they need to respect how you feel about things as well and yes there's compromise and conversations but there's also knowing when somebody is not okay with something and if you try to continue to press somebody even within a relationship in that manner you are then infringing upon the line of of and i mean just to bring the point um full circles we talked about before that this these kinds of dynamics can also exist in like familiar relationships as well um i have learned Mm -hmm. um in negotiating relationships with my family members because, I mean, if you think about emotional abuse in the sense that it causes or induces psychological stress or anxiety, I have had to be I have had to become very strategic mm-hmm. about the ways what I communicate and the ways I communicate with members of my family um, in that, you know, there are certain things that I know that they cannot handle. <laughs> and if I if I talk to them right. about it um, in certain ways or, you know, at certain points, then I then I'm opening myself up to anxiety as they will be anxious and then make me anxious um i said on twitter a few months ago right that the older i get i am learning to be a lot more selective about what and when what i tell my mother and when i tell her so so there are things right and i mean that's more of like also like setting a boundary you know what i'm saying because there you have to kind of have hard boundaries when certain things like Cause mom's my mom is going to be my mom forever. And I know that it's hard for her sometimes. And for me too, to kind of, you know, navigate those, those parent child roles as I'm, you know, standing squarely in my adulthood now. Um, Cause I mean, she's always going to refer back to her default of telling me how to run my life. <laughs> so there's things that I have right. to be, you know, okay. There, there's things that I've decided that I'm not going to before, 
make decisions I would make. And then I would talk to my mom as I was making the decision or prior to making the decision. And I've learned that there are things that I have to, you know, I'll tell my mother about it after I've already decided. <laughs> because failing to do so would just result in <laughs> us going back and forth um, about pros and cons and all kinds of worrying. And I've had to establish a boundary in terms of like getting to a place where I can, you know, be in control of my own decision-making processes. Like, being an adult is being able right. to make a decision for myself. Um, and uh, sometimes opinions and advice can often feel like instructions when it comes from people who at, that you look up to or people who have been in authoritative positions in your life before. So it may just be like, you know, I'm not saying that my mother is emotionally abusing me by stressing me out. I'm just saying that in the in the familiar in the sense of familiar relationships there can be dynamics when you know co certain conversations will induce stress anxiety for you or triggering for you there's mm -hmm. things and i'm not just talking about like advice but maybe that there's a certain issue that has happened in your family and people just still want to talk about it and you don't want to talk about it no more because you're in a place where you're trying to heal and move forward and they just want to keep bringing it up sometimes right. it's like you know in terms of dealing with that you know it's 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 just more about saying, you know, being intentional. I'm not going to, this is how I, Fran talked about it. This is how I'm going to handle this going forward. When she said that um, there are things that her mom wants to gossip about or people in her family, I don't want to say from her mom because I'm not entirely sure, but like people in her family want to gossip about certain things and it would just stress her out because you don't want to hear about the mm -hmm. issues that your family members are going through negatively because it kind of sets you on a path of kind of worrying and thinking through other people's problems with then distracts you from your own. Right. So she's had to put on the boundary. Like when they call her and say, call her with a T like, Ooh, sis, let me tell you, she'd be like, I'm not talking about this with you because it's, it's going to set me up to be in a spiral of, um, you know, thinking all day long. How can I help? How can I, how can I, help? what if this, right. what if that? So it's instead of being productive, instead of so being productive. there's a lot, there's a lot to consider with this. Again, we'll add and share these resources with you. Um, that we found and we're not saying that you know this is a completely comprehensive uh, discussion or an exhaustive conversation where we're just kind of laying out the ins and outs of emotional abuse or uh, things that might trigger psychological stress in relationships but we just wanted to open up the, the doors of um, open up the communication have some conversation around it and see what you guys are experiencing or dealing with or going through so if there's anything that, that we said in the show today that you know hit um hit home with you and you want to talk about it feel free to send us an email or a tweet um if you, an honesty box question however you want to handle it or if it's just an email that you don't even want us to read on the air but just to have conversation um you're welcome to do that um you can reach us at getting grown podcast at yes. gmail.com or at getting grown pod on ig twitter and facebook we really did want to just open up the conversation because we've had a lot of personal conversations amongst each other um just about different situations that we might be dealing with personally or uh loved ones that we know who might be dealing with different situations and so we know that this is a a very um it's a, it's a, it's a it's something that a lot of people deal with and they deal with it in different forms and it's something that comes in so many forms and something that needs to be talked about um so that Absolutely. we can identify it in ourselves and in our relationships so that we can continue to have healthy relationships cuz ultimately 
that is that's what that's what makes life enjoyable like it living is enjoyable but being able to do it with ones that you love and with people who love you the way that you're supposed to be that's really what it's all about and so yeah we yep. just wanted to open that always about the self-check thinking about ways that you might may or may not be interacting with what these kind of issues in your own life um if you nagging bay to death, think about it. Are you causing him psychological stress? <laughs> Just think about that. <laughs> or is he is he emotionally distant? Is he not showing empathy to you? Is he shutting you down? Is he making you feel like everything that you're doing is wrong? Okay. Like it can go both ways. And so just being able to identify that is so important. It's the first step in being able to try to rectify it. Um, and we're not saying rectifying it means leaving. We're not saying it means staying. But we are saying that it is important to identify some of these issues uh, that True a lot of us indeed. are facing. Honestly. Truly. It's time for the honesty box. So. It says, hey, Jaden Kia. Okay. Please help me out with something real quick. My boyfriend and I have been dating All for right. two years and currently live together. We both have nice. good jobs and are growing okay. together. Most days are good. All right. Well, also, listen, most days I'm annoyed. Come with that most of the time. Mm -hmm. I realize I am dealing with a dependent mama's boy. Mm. Oh, <laughs> hell. I've witnessed his mom execute simple tasks for him, tasks that most adults should be able to do on their own. For example, helping him figure out where to get an oil change or walking him through the process of paying for parking tickets in a mm. city she's never lived in. So his problem-solving skills are skewed. Unfortunately, he subconsciously expects the same treatment from me, and I most definitely will not be babying a grown man. His mom is aware of how her coddling has impacted him as an adult and in his relationship. After me speaking to her, I see that a lot of black women tend to baby their sons. Any suggestions on how to deal with a mama's boy in a relationship? Also, as I was raised to be an independent black woman, I sometimes show no sympathy and give no assistance when he asks me to help him with little stuff. Am I being too cold by telling him to figure it out like I did? Or should I lighten up? Thank you guys so much. Love you both. T. Well, T. Girl. All right. Listen. <laughs> you want to go first? T. Um... I appreciate the fact that you are trying to check yourself in this uh, as well. Uh, I think that is big of you. <laughs> um, now, your boyfriend is definitely a titty boy. Uh, he, 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 I think um, maybe shutting, shutting him down is not going to help. And it might cause some kind of rift between you all. But he does need to figure out how to, how to do shit on his own. Um, and it's going to be a really hard cycle to break. So let's just start with that. Like mm -hmm. you, uh, trying to work with him through this, this is a lifetime, mm -hmm. a lifetime of something that he has built up with his mother. Uh, so this is going to be a very long process in helping to break it down. So you're going to have to have a lot of patience. So let's just start with that. But, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with you helping him with certain things, but I think helping him to figure out how to do certain things is going to be the best way to go about it. Uh, and probably pointing things out. You may need to be, be kind of, kind of blatant with him in how you deal with him. Um, for instance, 
you have a parking ticket, my nigga. So start with looking at the ticket and where you go to pay it. Uh, Google the city that you live in and how to pay parking tickets. Do you know your license plate number? Like point out the very obvious things, the things that he needs to be figuring out how to do on his own and tell him that he needs to take those steps in order to do so, but don't do it for him um, because you're only going to perpetuate this, this very large problem that he already has. Uh, but I think telling him and walking him through steps on how he can do it himself so that he can start to get into the habit of doing things for himself um, and also having very pointed conversations with him about certain requests that he has or certain questions that he has. Like, come on, my nigga, like you couldn't Google that. You couldn't look that up in your email. You couldn't call the 1-800 number. Like being able to point things out like that is not it's not being too cold. It's helping him to grow the hell up. What about you, sis? I'm nervous to talk to start this because I feel like I have a lot to say about it. Say it, please. Um, nah, because I don't want to project my <laughs> own issues on T's situation. I will say that, you know, uh, bouncing off of what you just said, I agree that I agree that, you know, if if should you so choose <laughs> to take on the task of um, helping your partner or pointing out for your partner the areas where he would need to be a bit more proactive um, about, you know, his life. <laughs> Um, should you should you so should you be willing to take on that task? I think that that is a very noble act of you. Um, I just want you to be, you know, I think I think you should be forthcoming or just very direct in your communication with him. Prior, you know, you have to l- let him right. know that this is a thing. Right. Um, this is what this is what you've observed as someone who's been in a relationship with him for these last two years and watched the way that he engages with his mother. This is what you observe about his his behavior as a result of his relationship with his mother. And as a result, this is what's going to happen between y'all's relationship. Just don't leave him out. Don't exactly. blindside him. Don't feel like this is something you're going to be able to fix no. without him knowing. Um, You just you have to be very direct in, in your conversation if this is what you decide to do. Um. And I, I'm not going I feel like it can be done, but like Jay said, it's gonna take the patience some time. Um and it's gonna be it's gonna be very frustrating for you. Because I mean, the fact of the matter is mothers, uh m- black mothers, that's uh, I mean, that's the only black I only that's had a, I a black mom. <laughs> that's the only mom I know. <laughs> but I will say that black black mothers I as I've observed them throughout my life, um raise their sons much differently than mm. they raise their daughters. Um, and I really hope my mommy, I mean, she's y'all still not telling her about this. So we'll just keep that party going. <laughs> but um, I often say this to my friends. I'm a little nervous to say this on the show because you know, yeah, whatever. I felt like for a long time and I'm not, I know my mother loves me. I'm not saying that I was, you know, in any way slighted or that she, you know, played favorites or anything like that. Because favorites is not, I feel like she loved my brother and I the same. She just oh, loved yeah, us absolutely. differently. That's, that's it right um, So I often say that my brother was my mother's son and I was her step. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like, I felt like Rhonda, my relationship with Rhonda for, for, uh, for, um, 
especially like through middle school and high school, I felt like I was on like a professional development track. <laughs> like she was trying to cultivate certain skills within me because she wanted me to be able to do certain things and move certain ways in the world. Um, and I felt like, and she would always say things like, I wasn't worried about you when it came to Yo. that, or you did things differently when it comes to this or that. I didn't have to worry. Like, so those, mm-hmm. she would say those things, you know, I always knew you were going to be okay when it came mm-hmm. to these kinds of things. Um, and, and your, and your brother had different needs and, and you know, that is all very well true. I'm not downing or, you know, I'm not criticizing her. I'm just saying that it was definitely a difference. Um, and it's a difference that I've observed in, in the relationships that I've had with men mm-hmm. throughout my life that it is very common to see that moms handle their sons in very different ways that they handle the relationships that they have with their daughters. I mean, as a result, you often have some coddling, <laughs> some, you know, you know, some... Cause my, I don't want to even say lazy. My brother was my brother was never ever lazy, and he, never. So it wasn't uh, to that degree. But my mom was much more willing to do things for him than she was for me in terms of certain things like filling out paperwork or you know following up on certain deadlines like especially when it came to college and financial aid paperwork and making sure things had to be in the school on time my mother was never like it was just communicated to me that it was my responsibility Mm -hmm. to handle those things and you do it like figure it out but when it was my brother's turn it was just like we've got to help your brother with this we've got to do this (laughs) for your brother we got to do this your brother needs this and we've got to, I've got to go up here for your brother. And I'm like, well, you didn't do any of that for me, sis. Like, you just didn't. Like, you just did not. Like, he needs to know how to do that too. Um, certain chores, things around the house. Like, I had to iron. I had to do certain things he didn't have to do. And I mean, don't give me that whole give, take out the trash and shovel in the sidewalk business. Like, mm, that's not brand Like, all that. But there's, you know what I'm saying? But like, you know, certain, certain, House skills, life skills. I mean, my my family, you know, we had a lot of help. My grandmother, we did all... My grandmother wanted us to focus on our schooling and our homework. So there were lots of chores that none of us had to do until we got grown. But um, there was still, even with that being said, there was a difference in the way that, you know, we were treated. And it definitely had an impact on the things that I knew how to do and the things that my brother knew how to do. So it's definitely like Jay said, it's going to be a task. It's going to be because it's a process of unlearning. It's a process of, you know, acculturation. Like you you literally have to grow this grown man up all over again. And for some, like, I I think, and even in that case, I think that my, my situation in my family, even though it was something that I felt and saw firsthand, it definitely wasn't as bad as things that no, I've seen in other like no. no 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 not at all but um like fixing plates and all that bed, stuff folding laundry mm-mm, mm-mm, like mm-mm, I have mm-mm. seen some really <laughs> extreme and terrible cases mm-mm. of of titty mama I just felt like for a while it took me a while to put my finger on it because I just thought that 
I mean, if, when you're young, you think, I just thought, I was like, my mom was just on food with me. Like, she fooled with my brother. Like, there were times when uh, I would, like, fall or hurt myself. And she would be like, mm-hmm. you're being dramatic. Mm-hmm. Get up. Life goes on. And then this nigga come downstairs with a paper clip or paper cut or a splinter. Like, mom. He was like, <laughs> oh, Lord. Let me. Oh, my. Like, it was just, oh, Lord. Yo, let me. Let me see. Bring it here. It's like. I just—it sounds I like just, growing up with a brother is like growing up with a younger sibling because I was the oldest. I remember I broke. No, I think I, it's it probably different. is, but I I know like for instance, like when you're talking about the college situation, I paid for myself through school. Like I had like many jobs. Like how you all know Jade now is exactly how Jade was in college. I had many jobs. They were just jobs like foot action. And then I'd have to bounce over to express. Or I worked in an office during the day so I can go to school at night. Or I, you know, worked during at night so I can go to school during the day. But um my sister, when she went to school, this this heifer had a whole credit card that my parents gave her for emergencies. Um, and for like daily use, like, uh, if she needed gas, if she needed to get sneakers cause she was in school and she needed to get around or not like going by Jordans, but you know what I'm saying? Like necessities. And, um, I was trying to figure out where all that was when I was, when I was in school, I was trying to figure out where all that was when I was, when I was putting myself through school. Or, you know, they would help her with her financial aid. They would help her with whatever payments that she had, her books. Like, they were just there for whatever she needed financially um, and for that support. And my mother would tell me the same things. Like, I don't worry about you when it comes to certain stuff. Like, I know you, I'm not I'm not worried about it. Or even with how I would handle myself with certain situations, there would be a lot of coddling on her. And, and it would be like, I don't, you know, I, I know you're going to be all right. So I'm not really worried about it. Um... But, you know, and it did make for who I am now and it made for who you are now. You're not Dr. Kia for no reason. You know what I'm saying? But again. Fair. I mean, she might have been on to something. She was on to, she was on to something, <laughs> but, but I know it can seem real harsh in the moment. Clearly, we clearly we both like, triggered because we got totally off the honesty box. We like, well, you know, we know. <laughs> no, we told her like, girl, it's just going to take some doing. It's going to take some because he's had a lifetime of it. Another thing you might want to do, because it sounds like you've had a conversation with his mother about this. Um, mm, I don't know if you want to send her to do I that. I do because she said she had a conversation with her and her mother, the mother admitted that she has helped to uh, make this boy the titty baby that he is. And so... So, okay, what do we so, do now? She's not going to no, stop. She's 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 not going to stop because she does not know how to stop, just like he doesn't know how. Um, but she might need to have a conversation with him, too. Like, I have done way too much for you. Um, well, I mean, if she's willing to do that, then I guess. But I don't know. I don't know. You ain't willing to do it, but that's just me. I need to have some context. I, I would need some more context into the nature of the, of the conversation that she had with this if boy's mother. If you have that type of relationship with her. Because, again, I'm going off of the fact that it sounds like she's had this conversation because she said the mother admitted it. So that's the only reason I brought that up. Um if the mother has admitted it, see if there is a way for her to also put it in his head that she has she's she's maybe babied him a little bit too long. And there might be some things he needs wow. to start trying to figure out for himself. But you yourself, as the woman who's in the relationship with him now, you like he has said, you need to ha- you need to have that conversation with him. Let him know what it's getting ready to be. And then 
take those steps. I mean, because he could very well be like, I'm good. I'm just go ahead and find me somebody who's going to make my sandwiches. Right. And then you know, like, then you know your time just is be not, prepared for that. Your time is not wasted. <laughs> we talked last week about difficult conversations and how you need to be prepared. Or last two week? weeks ago about difficult conversations and how you need to be prepared for whatever response you receive from those. Um, did she say how old they were? Uh, no. No, uh-uh. No, but that could also very play a very big role in it. Um, he still could very well be just be a baby. <laughs> Which means it might be easier to do this because you're starting from Hurley. But, um, yeah, I would have a conversation with him. Let let him know what's that there's a rigorous training that's getting ready to happen. There, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? There's some, like, pre- prep him. There's some serious working out that we're getting ready to do. And I just want to let you know what the meal plan is and what the workout routine is going to be, because this is what we are getting ready to be doing seven days a week. Gird your loins. Let him know that this is all for the betterment of him and for the peace of your relationship. Well, there you have it, says. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey. Grab your petty. <laughs> Grab your petty and come on and join the parade because it's petty peeps time. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey. We're going to act like Jade was ready. Oh, uh, yeah. We're, yeah, because I was Even though she was forth. not. <laughs> Do you want to go first or shall I? You go first. I have a petty peeve of my very own today. Mm-hmm. And I realize that many of you will probably not agree or will feel some kind of way. And you're entitled to that. But this is my petty peeve. It is my peeve. It is me being petty. <laughs> so just, you know, let me have this. If you don't agree with it, that's your business. You're entitled to not agree with it. I'm not coming for any one person in particular. I'm just speaking very generally. So those of you who have known me and been following my journey for any number of uh, years know that I have an overall general disdain for white shoes. (laughs) And I think that I'm ready to add to that. I'm ready to add to that. A, a, a disdain for nude shoes as well. Oh no! Because and I'm nude shoes in two different ways. I hit the microphone. I'm sorry. <laughs> nude shoes in two different ways. The first one being, I just want to say that you know, nude. The concept of the nude shoe is relative. You know what I'm saying? There is no universal nude shoe because we are all different shapes, shades, and hues and colors of the rainbow. Yep. Remember Louboutin came out with that line of... Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. They did. And they're about the only brand that has been conscious and had the presence of mind to consider the fact that that we all are not the color of Band-Aids. <laughs> but, Personal shade, but anyway... <laughs> That wasn't for you directly. I'm just saying that the nude concept, like even when, even when, even when I go on Zappos, if I was to go on Zappos right now and put in nude shoes, they would all be that Jade. same color of a band aid. They'd all be jade. 
It'd be exactly. like it'd be like thousands of pairs of my face on your computer exactly. screen. <laughs> so I'm saying that since nude shoes are relative to the actual Look. tone and complexion of your skin, <laughs> um, you have I, I'm I'm listen. I'm gonna just say this. I'm tired of band-aid feet. I'm tired <laughs> because brown girls, chocolate girls. Girls that are butter pecan, milk rich chocolate, milk chocolate, dark chocolate, brown sugar, any all of the shades of melanin that are just one that are so beautiful. wonderful, beautiful, and it just fill the earth with such rich color, right? Y'all gotta stop wearing these band aid shoes and calling them nude shoes. You it, know what I'm saying? Don't just it, at least acknowledge the fact that it's your black your black behind in a beige shoe. Just say that. Just say that. Stop saying I'm wearing this dress with a nude shoe. You're not, girl. You're wearing this dress with a beige shoe. You wear a manila folders on your feet, sis. That's what you're doing. So stop lying to me and stop lying to yourself. That's all. Secondly, there's another thing, another trend that I have been noticing. Um, that it's just really sweeping the nation and I just don't get it. I maybe it's because I I don't generally like nude band-aid color shoes as you know overall. Um but I'm most especially peeved by this whole I'm gonna wear all black. <laughs> I'm gonna wear black everything, a black black dress, a black black outfit, black shirt, black pants, black drawers black hair and I'm going to wear this all black look and I'm going to put on a nude shoe. Like for what? Just put on a black shoe sis. Like <laughs> what? What is the purpose of the nude shoe? Like why? Like you had a concept. It was a, you had a theme from the head to the toe. We're seeing all of this black 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 and then we get to these band-aids and I just don't understand why. Like for what? Why? Just explain to me. Why? And I mean, I know that, you know, Kim Kardashian is really, really like the queen of this. Yeah, and I get it. Or clear you know, shoe. she's short. She's short. And I know the girls feel like these Band-Aid color shoes make their legs look longer. Okay. That oh, is, is not that, my ministry. Is that what, is that Listen, what that's that? what they say. That's it's not my ministry, not my plight. Oh. You know, I thank God that I have a lengthy leg. I'm a little bit taller than the average Jan. I know, so, right? Having, girl, you make me sick. <laughs> Cause we're having, just out here having, with our, girl, I'm our talking. Stems, you're done. I'm talking, and my, you're finished, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. Mm. You're interrupting my peeve. That I, I don't ever, ever. This is another petty peeve I could get into. People who want to be tall so bad that they lie to themselves. It's fine. You don't get to play tall and not have to deal with the trials and tribulations of being tall. That's going to be a petty peeve for next week. Nope, you're done. <laughs> you're finished. As I was saying, there are those who feel, and I get it, that they say that the new shoe elongates the leg. That's never been my struggle, so maybe this is just my, I don't have a dog in this fight. All I'm saying is, why not black shoes? If you, if you got on a black outfit, why not black shoes? What is the purpose of you putting these band-aids on your feet? What That's if they it. want a pop of color? That's not a color! <laughs> It's not a pop of color. It's beige. It's nude. Oh, you got a pop of color would be an actual like color, like 
a primary, secondary color. Like primary, like red, blue, green. I'm trolling. Orange, purple. I know. No. I think you put in this this ace bandage color shoe on your foot. It's not a pop of anything, but (laughs) stupid. As far as I'm concerned. Now, if you wear your black gown and your new shoe and you feel amazing, girl, I wish you all the best, honey. Pay me absolutely no mind. I'm just saying that I don't understand it. That's all. Just look to Tracy Ellis Ross for your fashion inspiration. She never goes wrong. Tracy has nude shoes that are her her shade of nude. Because she's my shade of nude, which is all nude shoes, like you said. And Tracy also wears white shoes, but I'm willing to look beyond that <laughs> and support her for the fabulous black woman that she is. Oh my God. Amazing. All right. Um, so my petty peeve is also my own this week and it's super petty. Per usual. Per usual. No, usually they are very valid. Um, okay. But my petty peeve is when I want to be mad or irritated about something and then somebody pulls me out of that and makes me laugh, that irritates me. Just let me stand in, in whatever emotion that I'm feeling. This comes today where I was very irritated that I actually like chuckled at street harassment because I was in the bodega and I have like two, two buttons in my hair right now. And, um, a man says to me in the bodega, I like your hairstyle. Look at them two little woo-woo ponytails. That's cute. That's cute. <laughs> he said woo-woo ponytails? He said, I like your hairstyle. He's like, those two little woo-woo ponytails. Those little I twists. would have told him that I would have showed him. My, I am grown, sir. Are you <laughs> kidding is, me? And that, is why, that is why this is my petty peeve because I wanted to be irritated so bad. And I halfway was, but when he said my two little woo-woo ponytails, I had to stop and look and laugh at myself. <laughs> and I was, you, you, who you mad with? You, you got yes, okay. yeah. No, that's what you my petty peeve is. You pulled yourself. When out I of want to be irritated about something, <laughs> and, and you pull yourself out of the irritation. You want to be mad? Okay. Okay. I didn't pull myself. Out. You did because nobody else told you to laugh at that corny behind joke. That's dumb. Woo woo ponytails. He was, but it wasn't like rehearsed. It, it wasn't was, rehearsed. No, he was he serious. Was, that does not make it funny. That it makes it sad. Dead. Oh my lord, girl! This is petty peeve. <laughs> Where's my I was, fan? Yo, it was just. It was funny. It was funny. I, my two little woo woo ponytails, they're cute, but you know what I'm saying? Like that wasn't really what I was expecting and I just had to chuckle a little bit at it. And then I was mad at myself for chuckling at it. And so that's why I myself am my own petty peeve. But anyway, all right. that and an apple, apple is my petty peeve this week because I have had a slew of issues with this stupid phone. But anyway, I that bet you're not going to get no uh, Samsung, though. That's what I know. <laughs> you know I'm not. Won't nobody be doing dealing with them green bubbles. Now, you know, I'm not here for green bubbles. That just means that my text didn't go through. So that is another episode of Getting Grown. Yes, it is. 
that is a song of praise because we are exhausted (laughs) and this shit is done for the night (laughs) Ooh, she is tired okay oh no you're speaking in tamar so oh no i'll listen let's not give tamar that hello she can't take all of that i know but she just ruined it i feel bad because you know as irritating as tamar is she makes me laugh. I know. I feel, and I just way. feel like I feel like if Tamar and I were to be in the same space, we would have a good time because we we laugh at the same things. That's why I wish that she would just not be so much. Uh, and I will also wish that she would stop lip syncing because Tamar can sing, and I'm tired of these Yo, cold microphones. She sings better than Tony. Did you see? Oh. <laughs> Did you see? Uh, did you see Tamar on uh, Wendy performing this? Hello, ma'am. No, <laughs> no, I didn't. She performed. I have to find a link. I'll send it to you. She, listen, she might as well had just done a video and premiered the video on Wendy because that was nobody's live performance. Why would she do that? She that mic so was well. so cold. It might was might as well have been an ice cream cone in her hand. <laughs> I could literally see the air blowing, the air blowing from her mouth. Like you could see her, her breath because she was absolutely like, she might've been, might as well have held a wooden spoon up on the stage because (laughs) for them to play this track. And I mean, for her to do all of this dramatic carrying on as if she was like really performing, it was insulting. You're singing into a brush. It's like Tamar girl. What? And I mean, Tamar can actually sing like, Tay-Tay got the goods. I think she's the best singer out of all of them. Honestly. I don't, I feel like I like Tony. Tony, Tony is a legend in her, in her ways. And not a word from you. I think every, Tony and Tamar are just as dramatic. Like they are dramatic, but it's just manifests itself in different ways. Both like, the way how Tamar be like, oh my God, yes, ma'am, yes, God, yes, her. Like that's that's how Tony sings. I rather be on exactly. my you. Yes, <laughs> She's also bordering on that Anita Baker without closing her mouth. See, I didn't close my mouth one time. Sure didn't. All that drama. See, all the drama that Tamar brings, like to her reality show personality tame uh tony been doing that for years you're right but just you're right. you know to a, a baby face uh <laughs> production produced track every single time because we've clearly seen that baby face can pull her out of any funk i love baby face let me tell you something i'm gonna let you uh we're just talking like the show's not over but right. let me tell you something if you having a bad day listen to whip appeal you <laughs> when i tell you that that song always brings me up out of whatever you funk i'm in because when i tell you that baby face is begging come on and lay on me. <laughs> listen baby face is 
Wherever you want, it's all right with me. See, you got that whip of beer. Come on, come on, baby. Sweet, yes. Oh, you've got it. I'm about to listen to it while I take my makeup off. That nigga. Listen. Now I'm gonna go listen to it. He well, whatever <laughs> you want. I said they don't beg like this no more. Music. No. Now no. all they want to his do is begging like, was very better than genuine's. It's just like first of all, like just listen to Whip Appeal this week, guys. It'll make I'm you about feel to listen better. To right this second. I promise. If you're having a down day, and you can just send me a tweet and be like, "Girl, yes, okay, Babyface did that." So uh, clearly what you all need to do is listen to Whip Appeal, mind your business, uh, moisturize your skin, and drink your water. Because your black will crack if it's dry. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, get off my phone. You make me sick. Bye.